And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan. Tonight is a sad event because this is the last interview that we ever did with internationally renowned cardiologist, Dr. Stephen Sinatra. Dr. Sinatra died last month. It was uh, absolutely shocking and heartbreaking. And I'll tell you a little bit about what happened. He was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. It just happened out of the blue. And within three weeks, he died. So it just happened really fast. It was just really shocking because he was 75 years old. And the last time I talked with him, he was you know, pretty high energy. He was always a high energy guy. So this came out of, out of the blue. It was very shocking. And I know we've aired this particular show before, but I wanted to put a different introduction on it just to tell you how important he was. First off, he was considered to be one of the greatest cardiologists in the world. There are several cardiologists who I've had the pleasure of working with knowing that all say Dr. Sinatra was one of their best teachers. So he had a profound impact. And when he died, there were thousands of people that wrote letters on his page and talked about how he changed their lives. He definitely changed my life for the better. And I think he hopefully had a positive impact on you as well. We first came in contact with Dr. Sinatra when we did the death show, which was the 18-hour-long, 14-part series, had 65 interviews. And Dr. Sinatra played a prominent role on there because he was talking about you know, how to heal the body. And one of his biggest lessons he talked about was called earthing. And that is when you walk on the earth barefoot. He said that it has a numerous numbers of uh, effect on your body. It's very positive. It helps. I mean, there's a whole book on it. I could send, post some information, but he always talked about that. He was also one of the f- uh, first cardiologists to ever recommend uh, a neural called CoQ10. And he pushed that very hard, and it had a lot of positive impacts on people, you know, strengthening their hearts. Dr. Sinatra even had this company called Ageless Paws, where he put CoQ10 in there for pets, and people noticed that their pets would live an extra four or five years. But aside from being so renowned and so uh, cutting edge, a lot of his uh, philosophies and a lot of his uh, methodologies in terms of treating people... He was just an exceptionally wonderful person. He was one of the most beautiful souls I ever came across. And we got along really well. And I have to say that I I truly missed him. I really, really missed him. I wish we had more time with him. I wish we could do another interview with him. But, you know, there's just so much to learn. He he left this beautiful legacy. You know, it's kind of unusual in this world that you see somebody who's that kind and gives so much of themselves and I believe his legacy is going to be that he, he helped a lot of people. He really, really, uh, it was such an honor to know him. 
and let us begin the final interview with Dr. Stephen Sinatra. It is a great pleasure to welcome back to our show Dr. Stephen Sinatra. He is grounded in more than 40 years of clinical practice, world-renowned cardiologist, and there's so much you can offer. You can learn more about Dr. Sinatra by going to three different websites. One of them is drsinatra.com. Another one is vervana.com where you can get incredible food. And the other one is agelesspaws.com where you can actually get these amazing supplements for your pets to prolong their life. Dr. Sinatra, welcome back to our show. Hey, Ryan. It's great to be here with you again. Thank you. Well, we're in an era right now where I think a lot of people have taken on a lot more stress than what they had at least in the, in the past year. First question I have is what are some of the short and long-term effects that stress has on the heart and what are some of the ways that we can alleviate it naturally? Sure. I mean, that's a, that's a broad question. I mean, uh, I'll tell you this, Ryan. Um, one of the reasons why I became a psychotherapist when I was in training in cardiology is that I realized that emotional stress was a major risk factor for the heart. I mean, um, I was a cardiovascular fellow here in Connecticut uh, during uh, 1975, and the Vietnam War had just weaned down. And Ryan, I'll never forget it. I was working in a cardiac cath lab, and I was seeing young men in their 30s. Uh, some of them were in the defense industry. Some were engineers. Even some were truck drivers. But I'll never forget it. Um, it was absolutely amazing. Uh, these men are only a few years older than me, and they were having heart disease. And uh, I realized that it was emotional stress, and at the same time, I was in the psychotherapy training program. So I actually extended my training in uh, uh, bioenergetic psychotherapy because I realized that cardiology uh, pathology was related to the neck up, you know. So emotional stress is a big factor. So we have to ask ourselves, well, why is that? Well, emotional stress changes hormones. I mean, everybody's heard about an adrenaline rush or um, one of the worst hormones is cortisol. Cortisol is secreted when we're waiting for the other shoe to drop, so to speak. So even with the coronavirus nowadays, people are worried. They, um, they have a lot of vigilance, and uh, this drives up cortisol. And when cortisol gets driven up, uh, electrolyte changes can occur within the body. We can have potassium shifts, uh, blood pressure shifts. And then um, when we have an, like an acute a fearful episode or an acute burst of anger, uh, we can get adrenaline surges or epinephrine surges. And then when you have these hormonal interactions, um, it can, you know, have an adverse effect on the heart. So, you know, emotional stress is, is a factor, but it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, there's so many things people can do to alleviate, you know, toxic emotions. And um, the best thing to do is, you know, if you're confronted with anger or panic or fear or overwhelming sadness, uh, I've always recommended that my patients, you know, have the emotion out. For example, anger is okay. Uh, you know, if you dissipate anger, you it, you stop driving your car with your brakes on, so to speak. Uh, rage is not okay. Remember, rage is uncontrollable anger. That's not okay. And and uh, I remember seeing patients in fits of rage uh, 
have dissections of the aorta, heart attacks. I mean, you name it. I've uh, strokes. I've seen it all that way. Can anger actually so, be positive in some ways? I mean, can I actually be one way kind of like shake you out a little bit? Because I know some people they they don't have any kind of anger at all, or they just kind of mope it around a little bit, or they don't have passion. Can can bursts of anger to some degree ever be healthy for you, or is it all negative? No, no, it, no. In other words, it's it's good to have. You know, we don't want to bury our uncomfortableness, so to speak, because if, it, if these emotions get buried, uh, they, they swell up inside of us over and over again, and all of a sudden, they burst open. Uh, that's why rage, during fits of rage, people can really kill people or hurt people. But, li- but you know, little bursts of controlled anger, it's absolutely fine. Even, in fact, in, in my psychotherapy training, uh, when we saw patients, you know, with a lot of anger, uh, we would facilitate the anger in in sessions. You know, we would use a tennis racket. Uh, you know, they would use a tennis racket and you know swing it uh, against pillows, for example, or or they would you know yell or scream or punch pillows. And I know that sounds a little bit you know crazy, but when you have people with so much anger and they need to get it out, uh, the expression of it with a well-trained psychotherapist is healing. Because remember, it's, it's when the anger is withheld, when it's held in the body and it can't escape, that's when the body suffers. But when the body can uh, rid the anger, so to speak, you know, through exercises, through interactions with therapists, through, you know, using the voice. And I'll tell you, one of the best things uh, that I've seen for people with anger um, is sadness. In other words, Anger is a cover-up for sadness many times, but it, if you get people to cry, crying is the best thing you can do to alleviate the heartbreak that we've all had as children. And, uh, and, and sadness, really, uh, with crying uh, and sobbing, is one of the most helpful things you can do uh, for the health of the heart. Dr. Sinatra, are there any natural-type supplements that a person can take which will have a similar effect on your heart and your body as if the person was crying? Are there anything natural that a person could take that would also have a soothing effect to counterbalance, let's say, some of the anger or some of the stress that may already be there? You know, that's an excellent question. I have to say that uh, uh, most supplements, you know, do not really have um, a calming effect. But I will tell you this. Um, I've treated a lot of migraine headache in my cardiac patients. And when I stumbled upon the combination of coenzyme Q10 and especially magnesium, magnesium um, is one of these um, cofactors or minerals that's involved in hundreds of chemical reactions in the body. And we know that magnesium has a calming effect on blood vessels. That's why um, it's, it's good to use in high blood pressure. But I'll tell you, migraine headache I'm amazed the combination of Q10 and, and magnesium has a profound uh, uh, healing capabilities of not only alleviating migraine, but preventing migraine. So in answer to your question, that's one that I would strongly consider. Now, St. John's wort's another one where, you know, uh, I use it in some mild forms of depression. Uh, inositol. Um, sometimes can help people with panic and sleep disorders. Melatonin uh, is, an, is another one that I really like. I mean, this, this not only uh, helps people sleep at night, but melatonin as an antioxidant has some very favorable uh, qualities on the body. And remember this, Ryan, when it comes to sunlight, 
uh, melatonin and coenzyme Q10 are the two most powerful antioxidants that are sacrificed very quickly when the body is exposed to intense sunlight uh, because they're used up uh, because when, when the, you know, 15 minutes to, to maybe 20 minutes of sunlight is excellent for the body. We get vitamin D from sunlight. Uh, it's, it's very important. You know, when the sun strikes our skin, um, we have vitamin D and sunlight and the vitamin D inside the skin and the cholesterol inside the skin, you know, that whole combination, uh, you know, helps to form uh, vitamin D. Um, and it's the cholesterol with a combination of the sunlight and some of the intrinsic vitamin D. It's, it, it, it keeps it going and we form it. But um, I have to say that um, 30 minutes of sunlight is great, but then you don't want to go and get burned because if you do get burned, uh, that's when, uh, you know, you could have a downside, you know, with, with burning of the skin because you don't want that. And does the heart respond more favorably to certain sounds or vibrations than others if you actually listen to something with it have a calming soothing effect in your heart and is there looking at the heart let's say for example uh, at a deeper level as a celestial uh, as intelligence a celestial intelligence shall we say are there any types of sounds or uh, talks or frequencies that you can expose your heart to which would have profound positive impacts that's a great question. And the way to answer that is um, when a mother is pregnant and they're carrying the young child in the womb, uh, the child tends to resonate with the mother's heartbeat. And what we discovered, uh, not myself, but other scientists have discovered, is that there are certain cadences in music like Raval, for example, or Gustav's The Planets, or even like the Brandenburg Concerto, where you can get music scores that can simulate the mother's heartbeat. And I'm not a musician, but basically scores between maybe um, uh, 70 to 110, for example, where you have these, these music beats coming in, where later on in life, an adult uh, may resonate with this music but yet it's an earlier experience of being carried inside the womb. This is fascinating stuff. You know what I mean? Really where, wow. where this is a prenatal situation, but uh, there's been some great science on this. And I think people uh, can really calm themselves down with music. It's done all the time. When people listen to the Brandenburg Concerto, for example, it can have a calming effect on the body. And I believe it all comes from the prenatal state. Thank you. And the next question I'd like to focus on is oxygen. Because in our world right now, a lot of people are wearing masks. I know some people wear them for who are store, and then that's it. And some people wear them all the time. I see people looking inside their houses and they're wearing the masks all day. And I'm wondering, from your perspective, do you think, um, do masks have any type of impact on the level or quality of oxygen a person can have? Do you think the mask could be good for short-term? Are they okay for long-term? I mean, are there, is there negative side effects? And also at the same time, I guess the second part question is, what types of oxygen can a person bring into themselves that will optimize the health of their heart? Yeah, so let me answer the first question first. I mean, 
the mass controversy goes on. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I, I've been on both sides of the fence on this. And I've read a lot about it, and I've spoken to doctors about it. And um, the mask, if you're carrying the virus, Ryan, uh, the mask uh, definitely will cut down on that virus being spread if you're a carrier. Now, the problem is there's a lot of young adults and children. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of controversy on this, but children, you know, from, from 10 to 20, for example, they can be carriers of the virus. And this is kind of uh, uh, intriguing because um, if children are a carrier, uh, will the mask protect others? And I believe it will, because if the, if, the if the child is a carrier with very low grade fever that goes unnoticed or an unnoticed cough, and then all of a sudden, you know, they start coughing um, and, they, and they do have a mask, could it be protective? And my answer is, I believe so. The other side of the coin is people are wearing masks all the time. I mean, in my neighborhood, I see people riding bikes with masks and walking outside with masks. I think they're overdoing it because whenever you have a mask on, could you be getting less, you know, less oxygen? And could you be breathing more carbon dioxide, if you, especially if you're doing a lot of shallow breathing, in other words? You know, in other words, you're just moving very little air. Uh, you know, um, especially if it's just like like sitting outside with a mask, for example, and, and you're not moving. I think a mask could have a downside in that situation. Uh, I mean, the best place to wear a mask uh, would be intermittently. In other words, if you're going shopping at a supermarket and you want to put a mask on for a half hour, I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely fine with that scenario. Um, if you have people coming into your, um, let's say, your home, and, uh, uh, you know, even if they're relatives of yours and you do the six feet apart, if, if, if the person of that home says, I'd like you to wear a mask, I would go along with it. I, I definitely would. I mean, I had somebody invite us over to their home and, and they asked me to put a mask on. And being a doctor, I didn't push back because I'll tell you, the, the situation with the mask, yes, you can overdo it. But remember this, if a mask makes a person more comfortable, and it alleviates their own emotional stress. <laughs> you know, being a psychotherapist, I like that. You know what I mean? Because everybody's under stress with this virus. And, you know, a lot of the virus is, I think there's a lot of exaggerated things going on and stuff like that. And, but, but I have to say that the virus is real. I mean, it's a very, very tenacious virus. Uh, they say it's uh, 50 times more powerful or more contagious than other viruses. Uh, but um, I think we'll get through this. I mean, I'm, I'm very optimistic about it. And I, and I just feel that, uh, uh, you know, as a society, we, we're, we're, we're learning about this. I'll tell you one thing, Ryan, the doctors that I speak to on the front lines and, and uh, you know, I'm in conversation with doctors all the time. I mean, they're getting more skilled at handling this virus. Uh, it was a nightmare in the beginning. But right now, I, th I think when this recirculates, you know, in November, December, January, I'm going to think, I think we're going to be much better prepared. I hope we are. I hope we are. I hope people start coming out of these lockdowns. I wonder what a negative effect that's probably had on people's uh, heart because they've been stressed out and, and not hugging people too. I love giving people hugs and I completely said, you know, if you want to give me a hug, I don't care. I'll take the chance. I think it's good. I feel, it makes my heart feel good for that. Oh, it makes your heart feel good, I think right? it's good. I think it's good to hug people. Yeah. That's why I wonder if, it, I wonder if that's how it's on negative effects, but some people, um, of course, my a couple of my friends, and 
a lot of them are concerned about clogged arteries. And I don't know what, looking at the news, I feel like there's a lot of information that kind of goes back and forth. Like, what are some of the foods that will clog your arteries? Are there any things that you can, are there any ways for you to naturally um, clog your arteries? Are there, are there any supplements that you'd recommend? Are there any activities? Oh, you'd yeah. Recommend? Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's some natural foods that uh, can unclog arteries. I mean, um, the, the Rotterdam study, for example, was done in Holland about 20 years ago. And I, I read the study and I was amazed. It was done by a few Dutch researchers. And lo and behold, Ryan, they ended up at Yale University giving a lecture. And I was there 15 years ago where um, I, I heard the lecture and uh, I was so enthralled with these two uh, Dutch scientists. One was a PhD, the other was an MD, that I invited them out to dinner. And uh, that's when I learned about vitamin K2. And vitamin K2, uh, it's found in, in very hard cheeses, for example. In other words, uh, not soft cheeses, but these very, very hard, hard cheeses like a Gouda cheese or um, uh, like a really hard Parmesan uh, will have it or... or uh, uh, not so much a Manasiago, that's a softer cheese, but uh, or the American cheese w- uh, wouldn't have any vitamin K2, for example. But like these, some of these hard cheeses, um, they have the vitamin K2. And with vitamin, and by the way, you can take vitamin K2 as a supplement. I've been taking it ever since I met these two Dutch sure. researchers. I mean, it was like, the, to me, it was one of the greatest ahas of being a heart specialist. But what vitamin K2 does, Ryan, it takes calcium at the blood vessels where it doesn't belong, you know, inside plaques or, you know, a calcified plaque, and it puts it back in bones where it does belong. So vitamin K2 is numero uno in, uh, in, 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 in taken in the diet, but you can also take it as a supplement. You know, another good um, substance to take is pomegranate. I mean, pomegranate is one of these, um, uh, you know, antioxidants that has the same effect as vitamin K2. Another is sort of like green tea. You know, if you drink a lot of green tea, uh, you know, that can uh, also uh, be very powerful in uh, helping to, uh, re- you know, reverse uh, plaque development. And so, you know, there's things you can take. And um, uh, I just feel very strongly that um, there's, there's many things in the nutraceutical world that uh, support the heart because, again, I've been using nutraceuticals in my Oh my God, I, I've been using them ever since uh, I became a heart specialist in recovery when I talked to Jakob Rintz, this Dutch researcher, when he was 92 years old. <laughs> when, when in 1978, he told me he, he, he prevented undergoing coronary artery bypass surgery when it was in its infancy, and he blew me away, and he did it with all with you know natural substances. So that's when, it was back in 1978, Ryan, when I was a board-certified cardiologist, that I started to uh, use, you know, supplements in my practice. Well, Dr. Sinatra, I want to point out to everyone that you got me into CoQ, CoQ10 and magnesium, and I take those all the time, and I feel a lot better. And I'm wondering, are there any supplements that are touted as particularly really good that may have a negative effect? Because I'll just say one experience I had, I started taking this stuff called like, the canine pepper, and I took the, the supplement, and I took one of them, and I was overheated, and I, th- and I thought I was going to die. Well, I don't think I was going to die, but I, I was just worried if that was going to push me somewhere. I mean, is there anything that you, that supplements that a person could take that might trigger an anxiety attack or might part, put a person in a negative position as opposed to a positive? Yeah, gr- another great question. You. Uh, you know, cayenne pepper, you know, can make you hot. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a nice antioxidant, and uh, 
But you really got to take small doses of it. You can't take any large doses of that. They did. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you, but there's evidence to show that in Texans who do a lot of chili pepper and capsaicin, for example, uh, you know, they may get more gastrointestinal disturbances, but it's good for the heart. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it is good. Um, there, there are some of these substances, uh, you have to be careful. Um, and, and, um, capsaicin is one. There's another one that I was going to mention. I just, uh, I just had a senior moment. It escaped me, uh, but it'll come back. But, but, um, when it, when it comes to taking supplements, um, sometimes less is more. And the one supplement, it just came back to me. The one supplement that almost drove my wife into the emergency room was a registered nurse, by the way, uh, was niacin. Uh, she took really? a lot of niacin and uh, uh, had such horrific hot flashes that she literally was on fire. So, you know, some of these supplements you have to take very, very gingerly. And, and niacin is one. You know, niacin is, is really good for, um, you know, cholesterol lowering. And, and I did an interview with Dr. Abraham Hoffer years ago when he was alive. He used to treat um, schizophrenia with large-dose niacin you know, and, and, uh, depression and, and, uh, psychological disorders, but, um, but niacin, you know, has a, has a quick acting, um, sensation in the body and it can be very, very uncomfortable. So if people ever consider niacin, you must start at very low levels and because you will get the hot flush. Okay. I appreciate you saying that because I heard some things about that as well. And my, please correct me if I'm wrong when I say this, but is the heart considered a does the heart have a bioelectrical field that's sensitive? Is it a? Is yeah, it a, does. Okay. Yeah, I mean, somebody. I mean, you know, Ryan, I've been interviewed for decades, but but your questions are very provocative. I don't know where you've got these questions from, but these are. I don't know awesome. where they come from. It must be. Uh, it must be the voices oh. in my head that are nice. But uh, where I'm going with this question oh. is that. <laughs> I wonder yeah, if... the heart does have a bioelectrical field. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, have you ever sat in a movie theater? And you sat next to a person and the person is seething with anger. And then all of a sudden you're feeling disturbed in your own body. Um, yeah, that's, that can be, you know, a transfer of negative energy from one person to another. And the other thing is, is like in identical twins, you know, identical twins have felt the emotion of another twin um, because they can almost, they can almost feel it through distances and there's many stories like this, you know, um, I, I remember, um, a story where, um, uh, actually I, I, I had these, um, uh, twins in my, in my practice, um, where, you know, one twin, uh, was shot during the war and the other twin 3000 miles away actually felt the pain. Uh, so the heart can be connected you know, bioelectrically, and, and it could travel you know, long distances. I mean, I'm amazed at the bioelectrical nature of the heart. Remember this, Ryan, the heart's weight, a third of the weight of the heart are mitochondria. And these mitochondria are like little energy producing factories that produce energy. We, we call it ATP. But, you know, the Chinese can call it prana or, or the Indians can call it chi or, 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 and, you know, the Hebrews may call it breath of God. But it's, this is this ATP energy in the heart, and, and the heart is the most electrical organ in the body. It's, it's amazing. And uh, 
Um, you know, that's why uh, earthing and grounding is so good for calming the it's heart. You know, we've thing. demonstrated that with heart rate variability, for example, you know. Yeah, you've definitely taught me all about that, and that's wonderful. And just give a quick long story short to everyone, every, as often as you can, walk out on the, on the earth with your bare feet, and it's wonderful. It's incredible. No, it is. I mean, that can calm down anxiety, panic. I mean, just putting your bare feet on Mother Earth. Like, you know, we have this lightning storm going out here now in, in, in Connecticut, Ryan. And I got to tell you, I mean, as soon as it's over, I'm going to put my bare feet on the ground because when lightning strikes, you know, the Earth, it gets endowed with gazillions and gazillions of electrons and you absorb them through your feet and it has a very calming effect on the body. Awesome. When it comes to the bio, or heart's biological field, I wonder if when people wear these earbuds, when they have their phones close to them, when they put a, some earrings or other metal in their bodies, or when they're, they're maybe adding to their bodies, it's called like a, a light version of transhumanism, I wonder if that is having a negative effect on the heart's biological field. I also wonder if 5G or enhanced uh, Wi-Fi radiation is having a negative effect on the heart's biological field, electrical field. And is, if so, is there anything that a person can do, a supplement or a piece of clothing or something else they can have which would minimize external radiation or external wave of energies from interfering with the heart's biological, sorry, bioenergy field? Yeah, another another great question. Thank Boy, you. you are way ahead of your time, let me tell you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah the bio, see, here's the problem. The, the heart is the most sensitive um, to electrical energy, so to speak, um, uh, because it's electrical. The heart's the most electrical organ in the body. I mean, that's why, um, uh, you know, a lot of these electrical workers uh, get heart disease, for example, because, you know, they're working in these uh, high voltage situations. And, uh, uh, you know, I've seen it firsthand, you know, as a heart specialist for decades. But as you say, the electromagnetic forces, uh, the 5G, for example, um, cellular phone, cordless phone, cell phone towers, um, this can affect the heart adversely. I mean, um, uh, I, I was going to speak before the Canadian Parliament several years ago, but I was canceled at the last minute because four children, young children in the Canadian uh, district of north of Ontario, the, the, it was called the Simcoe School District, four children ages 9 to 14 died suddenly uh, in a population of about, oh, about 50,000, I believe. But the odds of that happening are so extraordinary uh, and, and basically when you use a lot of Wi-Fi that's penetrating, you know, 18 inch cinder block, you know, some, some humans, especially young children with, uh, unknown congenital heart ailments or, you know, bypass tracks, or, you know, uh, we, we call it Wolf Parkinson white and we have, you know, very technical terms, but, uh, they're very vulnerable to these, uh, five, well, it wasn't 5g then it was, it was, it was a regular 3g, uh, types of energies. So I have to tell you this electromagnetic world we live in, this electromagnetic soup that we live in, uh, can affect people adversely. I've had children, for example, tell me, or parents of children with braces who went to school and they were developing cardiac arrhythmia and, uh, and, and situations like that. So, 
it, it's just amazing. But, you know, with these new developments of te- technology, it's created a whole host of problems. And, and again, a lot of them are cardiac. But what you said about grounding before uh, is absolutely unbelievable. One of the things about 5G is this. We're all going to be faced with 5G, and we have to face all these electric, uh, you know, electric magnetic you know, frequencies. But the one thing that you can do to protect yourself is that if the body tends to absorb these frequencies, the minute you put your bare feet on Mother Earth, you're going to uh, resonate with the Schumann resonance. We call it the humming of the Earth at 7.83 hertz. And when you put bare feet on the ground, you, you literally tone down the hyperactive sympathetic nervous system and you get the body back into balance. So, um, uh, you know, I work barefoot whenever I can. Awesome. Uh, when I'm in Florida, for example, Ryan, I'm yep. barefoot on the beach every morning. Awesome. I, just, I just do it. Because when I did the research, I said to myself, my gosh, I mean, I mean, you know, I moved in Florida, uh, literally to to get a little condominium on the beach so I can walk the beach every morning with my fly rod. <laughs> I think it'll be the best thing for uh, healing the body. That's awesome, Dr. Sinatra. One of the things you taught me, and I want to share this with our audience, is you said it's always good to to be around animals and dogs. Pet dogs are really good for your heart, and I've got two dogs that I've really been engaging with them, and it's definitely had a positive impact on blood pressure. So I want to thank you for that and uh, relay that as well. But another thing I want to ask is listening to Tony Robbins, sometimes he says that when you're talking with someone, you want to mimic their breathing style and their frequency because that's how you'll have a stronger connection with them. That being said, if you were to listen to the heartbeat of a baby or another individual who is considered to be innocent, who's considered to be very healthy, would your heart mimic that same heartbeat if your heart on an instinctual level recognized that individual as the alpha biological creature? And the second part to that question is if you listen to a particular heartbeat and you might be one particular size, but the person or animal whose heartbeat you are listening to is at a different size. If your heart were to mimic that same particular beating pattern of that particular animal or human, would that potentially put you in a precarious position knowing that your heart is set on a way that's geared towards your body, knowing how it needs to be at a certain amount of time in order to fit your body? Could that throw you completely off balance by adapting to another heartbeat even though it may be at a higher vibration. Well, what you're saying is, could heartbeats be intertwined, uh, so to speak? Uh, And and, and I think they can. Um, Let me say it this way. What do children do all the time, Ryan? They laugh, right? Um, You know, young children can laugh, you know, maybe 50 to 100 or more times a day. You know, if you put a few young children together. Adults don't laugh anymore. And laughing, I mean, when we started the program talking about how laughing helps to re- re- release endorphins, which is really calming to the body. And, and laughing, um, uh, I believe, will support heart rate variability, which, again, you know, whenever you support heart rate variability, um, you're, you're, you're literally uh, healing the heart. Now, you know, can 
can hearts be intertwined? In other words, can you, um, you know, be with another person and uh, all of a sudden have your heart tapping into their, you know, energetic field? Well, I'll tell you this. I mean, um, I think that's the greatest aspect of being in love with somebody. I think when true romantic love, um, I think heartbeats resonate with one another. And um, uh, whenever there's real genuine love between two people, um, uh, I think that is one of the most protective mechanisms of preventing heart disease because I think their hearts um, are, are, are literally, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, but sort of on the same wavelength. And uh, it's, it's absolutely incredible. That's why I've often said, even in my book um, with Tommy Rosa, you know, Health Revelations from Heaven and Earth, uh, love is the greatest healer of all time. And even when Tommy went to heaven and, and met Jesus, I mean, that, that was one of the messages that he got. So I, I, I really believe that love is the the best healer of them all. And I think the way you phrased it, um, the the tapping into the, the synchrony of another person's heartbeat or heartbeat variability, you know, might be the biological or the or the bioelectrical key of, of the science involved. Dr. Stephen Sinatra, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. Again, Dr. Sinatra is a world-renowned cardiologist. He's been around for a long time, and he's got three different websites. One of them is drsinatra.com. Another one is called vervana.com, and that's some of the amazing products at Vervana, incredible oils and great food. So please go to Vervana. Also, if you have a beloved puppy or cat and you want to give them some incredible supplements that are going to prolong their life, please check out agelesspaws.com. And also, if you want to do some reading this evening, please go to Amazon and go to uh, check out Dr. Sinatra. He's got some great books. One of them is called The Sinatra Solution, Metabolic Cardiology, Arthritis Interrupted, which actually came out in 2012, but he's got a lot of great books. Dr. Sinatra, great honor to have you with us. Thank you so much for your time, energy, and insight. Hey, Ryan, i got to tell you, I've been interviewed. I've told you this before, but your questions are the most provocative I've ever had to Thank answer. You. You're amazing. Thank you so much. I'll do an interview with you anytime because you, you challenge the interview. It's great. Thank you so much. Anyway, thanks so much. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits and Minute Truth Radio Show. Again, it was the final interview we did with Dr. Stephen Sinatra. And I have a little favor to ask for those of you who are psychic and for those of you who are sensitive. If you do happen to come across Dr. Sinatra in the astral plane or any visions, please tell him that I love him and that I miss him and that I was so thankful and honored to have known him in this life incarnation. I would tell him that myself, but we all know that no one in the spirit world listens to me. I'm just very unpopular in the spirit world, so I, I need to have other people relay messages. So if you can do that, that would be great. To learn more about the Outer Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outerlimitsradio.com. Please feel free to listen to some of the previous interviews we did with Dr. Stephen Sinatra. We likely will do a tribute show to him in the future. But until the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace, love, and beers. And uh, 
Thank you very much. See you soon. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.